Back of the end zone. He'll run it out to the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Welcome back to another episode of The Rant. Today is Monday, June 21st, and finally, the stage is set for the conference finals. We're down to four teams, finally. And let me tell you... It's been a long road, all four, Well, but let me tell you, all four teams are... Well, I, I was going to say, all four teams in the conference finals are pretty much not what anybody predicted. At the beginning of the season, except uh, for one, yeah, except for maybe one. the Clippers. But even then, I think a lot of people had had the Lakers coming out of the West again. Regardless, we have a very, very intriguing final four teams. And honestly, I, I let me let me start off this this episode by saying I'm seeing a lot of slander online with, oh, the league has to be so mad right now, or the league has to be so just disappointed in in the product right with these four teams in the playoffs i think it's exactly the opposite exactly the opposite yeah the league is going to get more i don't know i feel like it's half and half maybe they get more eyes right with like a steph or lebron or the super team nets getting into the playoffs into the finals right obviously there's that that maybe they're financially there there's going to be less eyes but at the same time, I think... People got a, tired of that, and this I, is kind of, like, refreshing. I think a lot of people, by the time the finals come around, will be all in on the whole narrative of, like, one of these four teams, right, led by kind of, like, right, you've got the Suns, you got Devin Booker, CP3, the Clippers, you've got, you've got Paul George without Kawhi, so it's, like, Paul George at this point is kind of leading that team. It's, like, the redemption for the then, Pacers teams. Then you've got... On the East Eastern Conference, you've got Giannis, right, and the Chris Middleton, and and that team. And then it's the Trey Young, and then you've got the, Kevin the super underdog, you know, Trey Young led Hawks, and you've got all four of these guys. None of them have ever won a ring, even Chris Paul, even Paul George, right? None of them have ever yeah. won a ring. They really, none of these players have even gotten this far, this far in the playoffs. No, I mean that was the knock on a lot of these guys, right? right? Yeah, Chris I mean, Paul. How many of these guys have even been the to a semifinal? conference finals? Yeah, none of them. I, I think only Gian, maybe Giannis is the only one who's been to a conference final. So, so I think by the time the finals come around, there will uh, people will start to change the way they they think yeah. about this these playoffs. Because personally, I love it. Right, like as much as I love watching LeBron, love watching Steph, love watching KD, it is nice to have a little random, right? like a little yeah. something different. And we're guaranteed to have a a. A champion team that hasn't won in a while. Yeah, right. You have the Suns that haven't been to the playoffs in 10 years. You have the Clippers who have never won a championship. You've got the Bucks who haven't been, you know, haven't been relevant in the playoffs in in forever, right? This is the first time Giannis has gotten this far, especially. Um, And then obviously the Hawks weren't even expected to make a deep run in the playoffs. Maybe, you know, after the Knicks series, I think a lot of people assumed that was it for them, right? They were going to lose to the the Sixers. We'll get into that later. Um, so I, I'm, I'm 
pumped. I think, and I think all these series are, are going to be good series now. The way that these teams have played and what we've seen so far, yeah, I think that both of these conference finals will will live up to the hype. Yeah, I think I want to I want to start with this this Suns team because Ever I since- think even even when they well even when they finished like second, everybody was kind of like. Oh well, yeah, okay. LeBron and AD are gonna come back, and it's gonna be over, right? And I understand there were injuries involved in that. Injuries are, un- are unavoidable, right? But I also think that this Suns team—it has a lot of guys who. I mean, obviously, we know CP3 and Devin Booker are like very good, right? Yeah. But it has a lot of guys who are a lot better than people actually think. But because they play for the Suns, nobody kind of cares. Yeah. Like DeAndre Ayton is very good, oh, and absolutely. people just don't know that. Right? Well, it's also because like, obviously Doncic takes all the shine of that class, but DeAndre Ayton is like not a bad pick. Not even. He was a no, fine no, player. He's, he, McCall I'd Bridges is a fine player. I'd say DeAndre Ayton is, is more than fine. I think he's an above yeah. average. Center. Oh, yeah. Because he oh, yeah. does exactly what you need centers to do, which is. He's so efficient. He's so efficient. Put the ball in the net when he needs to. Yeah. And he's got, a, he's got an outside game, too. Um, yeah. That Suns team, so they, they obviously. Uh, their series started earlier than uh, the Bucks Hawks did, but um, they took Game One against the Clippers, and they played without CP3, who missed it with the with the positive COVID test. It sounds like he's gonna be back sooner than later. Um, I think Monty Williams said like day to day at this point. Uh, now that Game Game One has passed, so they they're sitting pretty. And the thing is, obviously, they won Game One without him. And it was, in large part, because Devin Booker, like, had like a nuclear. Well, he had a like a. Thing is, again, the you know people are always saying like, oh, well, they took a leap, with uh, because, uh, Chris Paul joined the team, and that's, that's definitely, definitely true. true, but also like, Devin Booker has definitely taken a a stride forward this year because, I mean, forty points, thirteen rebounds, eleven assists, the first Suns player with a triple double in the playoffs since Nash. Um, and he shot over 50% from the field. I think his biggest stride has been as a ball handler. Because he was always kind of the off-ball guy. He he didn't really slash a ton. He was always kind of a shooter. And now, the fact that you can get double-digit assists in a game... Obviously, yeah, it's when CP3's out. But still, you can be the primary ball handler, get double-digit assists in a game. Like That shows that your handle has improved significantly and your vision of the court. But it's just like, I... Listen, I'm jumping on the Devil book. Booker bandwagon, and I already kind of was going into the playoffs. Yeah, you were. But I'm listen. I'm all in on Devin Booker, and people are people always compare everybody to Kobe. But like that that game was very Kobe esque, and and his game definitely is very similar. To Offensively, Kobe. yes, it's well, very yeah, similar. Yes, to Kobe. I know. I that that's <laughs> what I meant. Um, but he's fun to watch, and the Suns team in oh, general yeah. is very fun to watch because they are like a really intriguing mix of really good young players right with like booker mccall bridges and Aiden, and then you've got like a campaign who's kind of just come back on the scene out of nowhere and is playing out of his mind and then you've well, got and kaminsky too out of nowhere yeah and the, yeah you've got all these guys that are like you know just random guys having you know a rebirth in, in the nba and then you've got cp3 who's easy to root for because he's really good at the game and, and he's also, been screwed for so and, long yeah exactly like he deserves to he deserves a, a, to win the whole thing but he deserves you know a, finally a, a shot at, at the title 
So you've got a team that is, you know, pretty easy to root for. And listen, they, with all the all the hype around the Suns lately, right? Obviously, the Suns in four uh, ordeal. Mean. Like, I mean, <laughs> the Suns really do feel like the team that uh, the all the neutrals are rooting for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody that's been eliminated. It feel I feel like a lot of a lot of them are are now pulling for the Suns. And honestly. Just for the whole CP3 thing alone, I feel like I'll find myself pulling for the sun, the Suns just because I think he, you know, I think he needs yeah. needs a ring. Um, it, it here's just like a travesty that he hasn't gotten one at this point. Here's an here's an interesting stat, by the way. So yeah. I was looking at the box score of the last game. Just this is a comparison of the Nets Bucks game, and only like six guys from each team played minutes, mm-hmm. right? Which is crazy, obviously, considering it was an overtime game. The Suns had. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten guys get minutes. Sorry, the Clippers had ten, and the Suns had nine guys get minutes. Mm-hmm. So that kind of depth that you can have your ninth guy off the bench, Dario Saric and Etwan Moore, yes. play eleven minutes a game in a playoff game, and it's not like they were blowing them up by thirty. I mean, it was a six-point game. You know, these aren't yeah. garbage time minutes, right? So the fact that you can have guys going nine deep that's an underrated thing especially considering how many of these series have gone six and seven games like obviously the sun's one and four but we don't anticipate this series being over no four games, no so. i don't i don't think this will be so sweet, that kind of no. depth is 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 very important and i mean hey if etwan moore and dario Saric are your eighth and ninth guy off the bench yeah. i mean there I are worse say, things to have a lot than of that. playoff teams seem to have like eighth and ninth guys off the bench that are like rookies or second year players right you look back at the warriors or they teams. don't play if they're the nets or the right. bucks <laughs> you look back at the warriors team from you know from yeah it was like jordan a couple bell. years ago and they had yeah <laughs> jordan bell um and, and players like that it's way different when you have like seasoned vets like Sarge and and Moore coming off the bench, uh, yeah, and the eighth or ninth guy off the bench. So I mean, I do think the Suns come out on top, especially yes. now that the Clippers don't have Kawhi. But I will say the Clippers got. I mean, they won that game seven against. Um, uh, hey man, Reggie Jackson sneaky. I mean, they won that game seven against the Jazz because Terrence Mann had forty points, right? Like, yeah. Terrence Mann's a second year player. Yeah, out of Florida State. Well, and, and look at their guys. It's just, a bunch of dudes who like, like Nick Batum is starting for them now at center. A resurgence. Like that's just ridiculous. Nick Batum was nasty when he was in Portland. Let me tell you. No, Nick Batum. And also, even on Charlotte, Nick Batum was nasty for a while. Also on Charlotte, but definitely on Portland. Hey but man, retread Charlotte players. I'm I will say, I will say, I, I give Tyloo but... Ty a lot more credit now, right? Because it was hard after oh, the yeah. LeBron championship. Because it's like, well, how much of that was really him? But you know, this this season, especially with the Clippers, because of the injury now to Kawhi, just the team underperforming last year and kind of backing it up this year. I I am fully willing to admit that you know I didn't he's give, a good NBA. Coach. I didn't give him yeah. credit to begin with, and, and I actually think he is is a very good NBA coach, especially with the the stuff he's done this year. You, you know who's a coach who gets way too much credit because of one championship that a bunch of players carried him Doc to? Doc Rivers. Hey, you read my mind, man. Uh, don't worry. I think yeah. the entire internet is uh, on board with that. <laughs> Listen, After he game. gets a lot of credit for that 08 Celtics team, and it was like, listen, that 08 Celtics team was also like prime Ray John Rondo, Paul Pierce, KG, and Ray Allen. Like, 
Calm down. <laughs> yeah. That team was insane. Well, he <laughs> has he has 29 career losses in the playoffs and elimination games, which is the most of all well, time. And people come back on leads on him. It was some ridiculous <laughs> stat that, like, four of the five biggest leads come back on in playoff history were his or something I like mean, that. I mean, that is something nuts that you do not want attributed to. Oh, player. no. And, I mean, listen, I... I feel I think everybody saw it coming though when the Hawks made it a three like when it was a three all series right and I mean the Sixers are the one seed and you're tied three all with the five seed Hawks and obviously the Hawks have been very good this playoffs right better than everybody expected myself included obviously we know that yeah. but you're the one seed and you have the so you know the the self proclaimed MVP, MVP on your team you have Seth Curry who's Hey, and All Star Ben Simmons. Extremely underrated. Extremely underrated point guard in Seth Curry. You've got Tobias Harris, Harris, who's still a very good player. You've got Ben Simmons, who, you know. Is an All Star. Who the heck is. I mean, we don't even know what he is anymore. Is he is he Gary Payton? But not. But is he? I. <sighs> Listen, we're going we're gonna to stick a pin in that because. We got to. We got let's, let's take a dive, shall we? You wanna you wanna take I'll a deep dive into Benjamin right. I know Simmons? Chomping at the bit here. All right, listen. When Ben Simmons had his first year in the league, I was like, "Yeah, he can be pretty good if he fixes a couple of things." And then his second year in the league, he was the same player. Mm. I was like, "Listen, man, like you have all the physical gifts in the world. At least like make yourself a little bit better. Like get a mid range game at least. Shoot some free throws." And everybody was always telling me. All these hosts were always telling me on TV how great Ben Simmons is. And I am so proud that I have been since his second year on the press oh, X yeah. to doubt on Ben Simmons train. <laughs> because it's just so obvious that either he just doesn't care or he's just so dumb that he can't even figure out the problems in his game. Like, like, I'm sick and tired of hearing, oh, besides shooting, everything he does is great. Really? He scored five points in 36 minutes. If you can attack the rim so well, like like Giannis, which everybody compares him to, yeah. then go out and score more than five points. I will, if, if anybody ever compares Ben Simmons to Giannis ever again, like they're just done, like cancel them. That is the, that is the equivalent of yelling a slur. Like you're canceled. You're done. <laughs> I don't, let's not say that. That seems maybe extreme, but I will. It's, you're so stupid. Your, that uh, just, I will seriously question your, your, your intelligence. If you, if you say, Ben Simmons is in the same stratosphere as Giannis because here's the thing you mentioned it just a second ago if you are if he's so athletically get, like gifted obviously we know he's massive right 6'10 extremely yeah. athletic right yeah. if he's a good enough ball handler if he's got good enough court vision yeah I don't care if he's scoring 20 points exclusively off layoffs layups you know who does that Zion Williamson he can't shoot Obviously, you can shoot better than Ben Simmons. I know that, but yeah, he what? scores a lot more efficiently than Ben Simmons. No, does. I, I, I know. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying there are ways. If you do not have a jump shot, there are ways for you to score points. Right? They're called layups, dunks, even like a, a low post move. I mean, you don't have to have a good shooting form to do that. Look at how many centers there are in the NBA that can't shoot a jump shot, but they got post moves. Right? I, yeah. Right. If you are going to do nothing to improve your shot form, which I don't even think he knows what hand to shoot from, to be completely honest with you, he doesn't clearly. It, well, yeah, it's obvious in the shot, but I mean, it's it's baffling to me how if he's not if he's not noticing it himself, right, and being like, hmm, I should get better at shooting or anything like that. How is there nobody on the Sixers organization that's like, listen, if you don't learn how to shoot, we will just bench you. 
I mean, obviously or just they won't, if you can't shoot, team. just drive. Like, I do not understand. If, if supposedly Giannis is his comp, right? Yeah. Watch a Giannis. I mean, Giannis. Yeah, Giannis. He drives. Yeah, Giannis. he drives to the hoop. <laughs> it was just like it's 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 just it is so baffling how all of these Ben Simmons defenders try to say, oh, well, it's only this one issue. Listen, Giannis is not a good shooter by any stretch, but the dude tries and he can at least like maybe think about hitting a jump shot at some point. Ben Simmons is so bad at them that either he doesn't attempt them or it's just such an abysmal percentage that you literally don't even have to guard him. At least you kind of have to pretend to guard Giannis from mid-range and a little bit maybe from deep if he's having a good night. Right? There's a difference between being... And it's also just... It's also, in addition to the lack of having a shot, it's just, yeah, his complete unwillingness to even attempt... Put the ball on the floor. ...about scoring. Right? Again, he 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 didn't attempt a shot in the fourth quarter last night. He passed up it, a wide-open dunk! Yeah, that's the one everyone's talking about. Uh, and, and, and in the seven-game series, he attempted three shots in all the fourth quarters. Clearly, he doesn't like pressure, and it's like, you're supposed to be an all-star. This is supposed... Like, you passed up a wide-open dunk, what? To try to get Furkan Korkmaz, or who was it? Was it Korkmaz or Thibault that he tried to get an and-one uh, layup on? I don't even know. One of those guys. Some guy that's not an all-star, okay? To try to get an and-one layup, and it's like, that's not even the smart basketball decision. I remember when people criticized LeBron for, like, passing up open shots for better shots. It's like, okay, at least there was the better basketball decision. This he is not the better basketball decision. He was alone under You're 6'10". You have to jump, like, a foot in the it's, air to it's, dunk it. It's a free It's a free... Point. It's probably a free and one, because if the center rotates over too much and fouls you, well, in your case, you're going to miss the free throw anyways, because you shoot 34% from the line... When yeah. Shaq clowns yeah. you for missing free throws, you know you are a awful free throw shooter. I mean, inside the NBA was, I, that that was that was a hibachi. You deserve you deserve every minute of it because you have been so arrogant about your own abilities. You've been so arrogant about your own abilities, and yet you refuse to put in the work to make yourself better. You have been you have been gifted such a skill set and such a size, and you do nothing with it. You don't want to become a post player. You don't want to become a big, right? And you don't want to learn the skills of a guard. So what are you doing? He is literally a McDonald's fry cook that God made 6'10". That's it. That's it. That is exclusively it. I'm, this is rude, but somebody said that with he had like a 1.4 GPA at LSU. Yeah, I said, saw that. Wow, Ben Simmons actually would have been working as like, like a tire tire specialist <laughs> not made the NBA. It's true. Oh, man. The thing is, we have been on the Ben Simmons is massively overrated train for a long time now. Yeah. But it was fun. And it, I'm it, mad it, because now it, everybody's yeah, on it, and it I was, want my credit for being on it first. <laughs> it was satisfying last night, though, to see everybody universally like, wow, Ben Simmons is truly, truly horrendous. And, and... Even from Sixers fans, Sixers fans are like, okay, wait, we actually need to trade Ben Simmons. But that, here's the thing. After a performance like that in the playoffs, his trade value plummets, right? 
Oh yeah, nobody wants him as because a, his contract is awful too. Is, a year or two ago, you were like, "Oh well, he has so much potential, right?" And, and it's like already, now it's just like, "Nah, he he's played, just bad." He already plays so much defense, and he's athletic, and he's a great passer, and he the can play so many positions, and the potential is there for him to to get a shot. But guess what? Now, I mean, obviously he Dude, still has a lot of time. Him. There's a lot of time for him to to still get a jump shot. I'm not saying that it's impossible, but it's so But how many years are we yeah, going to exactly. say that? But that's the thing. A lot of people are saying that he has a maximum of another year to get a jump shot. Otherwise, it's, you know, it's curtains. But it's, it's also... <laughs> and his trade value just goes down. Because guess what? No, he's he's getting out of that point where he's, like, going to be a building block of a franchise, no. right? Now he's, because like, you're no expected to be a win-now guy because you're in your prime. Because nobody's gonna want to invest their entire franchise. No, no, no. To no, build no, around no, him, no. and he still doesn't have a jump shot. Like you're not gonna take that chance that he somehow finds a jump shot. And also, like, you have to pair him. You have to pair him with a very specific system. And that's. I also want to transition that's the difficult to talk part. away from Ben Simmons for a second. If we're talking about the 76ers as a whole, what the heck do you do now? Because you can't. You obviously have to trade him, but you're not going to get maximum value that you could have. Yeah, but I still think you can get like a CJ McCollum for him. You trade him to the Blazers for CJ McCollum just straight up. I mean, yeah, because the Blazers want to start over two, and they're not going to trade Dame. Yeah, I'm. I'm just going to say I'm not. I'm not going into the specifics of what they get for him. I just don't think you get what you could have gotten for him. Oh no. Oh no. But I still think you can get like a decent player. Here's the thing. You know. I saw I saw a comparison last night, obviously to the Pistons, the uh, what's it the called, old the, jo- the Josh Smith, Greg Monroe, Andre Drummond. Oh man, that right? was and the, comparing it really to weird team Embiid, Simmons, and Tobias Harris. Right, that's three guys that pretty much play power forward center. Right, you have such a weirdly constructed team. You, you also it behooves you to get rid of Simmons because. You already the team have, is built so weird. Yeah, because you you already have Harris and Embiid, who you can keep together, right? Because Embiid's like your low post banger who can also step out. At, at I think you got to get rid of Harris too. Well, man. you could. Yes, you. I think you could get rid of Harris, and you can still find a way to work. But I'm just saying, if you keep him, he could still work with Embiid. But the thing is, it almost behooves them to get rid of Ben Simmons because you have Seth Curry, who's a point guard. Right, so and why do you need? Shooter. Why do you need another point guard who's six ten, who can't, who has no offensive game? Yeah, he's good on defense, but guess what? I, I just don't know why you need the extra body. Because if you have him out there, you're essentially playing four on five on offense, and five on five on defense. Like, just get yeah. rid of Ben Simmons and play five on five on both sides. There's, there's no, you can't, you can't be, because here's, there's some other players, right, who are, what we would call like defense first. Number one. They're not 6'10", right? So you can at least space them a little bit. And secondly, they're not as pitiful. Like, people always talk about, let's say, like, guys like Patrick Beverly, Marcus Smart, Roberson. Okay, Roberson... Can't shoot the three, but guess what? He's he's athletic and he'll drive if he has to. Yeah, exactly. And and also, and Roberson can, like... Yeah, he can kind of space the floor. Obviously, Marcus Smart can shoot a little bit. Patrick Beverly can sort of shoot, right? And there's a difference when it's a... Uh, it's a point guard, right? Because then you can say, okay, well, I have a secondary ball handler who plays small forward and I just need this guy to play there. The problem is that two big man setups already are kind of janky in the NBA and you have Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid. Mm -hmm. So two big man setups are already kind of janky, right? They're especially janky when you add in another guy who can't space the floor. It's just too crowded down low. There's not enough options on the perimeter to kick out to. 
and there's not enough outlets for the guys in the perimeter when they do get the ball, mm-hmm. right? It's just, it's such a, this team has been carried by just the singular ability of Joel Embiid yeah, and, and the and, shooting and, of Seth Curry. And let's also, and that's talk about, it. let's also talk about Joel Embiid. He announced today, like a Twitter, you know, he's like apology oh, yeah. message to Philly. He announced he played. I don't know why he's apologizing. He played great. Yeah, the torn meniscus. First of all, if I were him, I would I, apologize. I, this, I don't know if this sounds bad or anything, but if I were him, I wouldn't have said, I oh, like, oh, and by the way, I played on a torn meniscus because that kind of sounds like an excuse because... Yeah. So but even had, if it's true, it kind of sounds janky. But here's the thing. Had it come out from, like, a team, medical, whatever, I would then... Not, I, you know what I mean? I feel like yeah. it would sound less janky coming from a medical thing as opposed yeah. to him just saying, like, oh, sorry we lost. Oh, and by the way, like, I did play on a torn meniscus. Because it sounds like, I don't know, it's... Whatever. But here's the thing. Joel Embiid, fantastic player. I'm not saying that. But he's also so injury-prone. It's just, like, for them to get... This was their... This was their peak, in my opinion, this yes. year. This is, this is their peak. You know they're going to have significant changes this offseason, probably a revolving around Ben Simmons, right? I just don't see a scenario where they could get back to what got them no. the first year in the first place. Like, I, I truly think that the quote-unquote process... I think it's it's a wrap. It's over. No, it's over. It's over. And I, that may seem extreme, but like no, it's over. It's and over. because is at because... the point now though where like he can't keep getting injured because he's now getting a little older. Like he's still young. Well, and and but... no, but big guys with back and foot injuries don't get healthier. Exactly. We saw this. We've seen this many times. Yes, exactly, exactly. Like, what's the likelihood Embiid plays, you know, a full season in his you know sixth or seventh year, if he's already missed time? Before that, I just don't see it happening, right? Seth Curry's not mm. the youngest guy. Tobias Harris isn't the youngest guy. No. Right? Like, Ben Simmons is your quote-unquote guy that's uh, you know, the youngest, but he can't be your guy. We just talked about that. So if, if I'm, Philly's if I'm, in a bad spot. Philly's in a bad spot. If I'm the GM, I can't get rid of Embiid because you can't get rid of your best no, player. No, no, I wouldn't get rid of Embiid. I'm not saying that. But I'm Harris saying. and Simmons have to go. And I'm I'm honestly trying to remake my team like the Nuggets. Yeah. Because even if Embiid is not as good as Jokic, and he's not 76ers fans, okay? <laughs> he's not. But even if he gets close, okay, you can have at least some modicum of success because we both agree that if a fully healthy Nuggets team would have won the West this year. So try to model it off that. If your best player is a center, right? If your number one guy's a center, that's the model you have to go for. Yeah. Surround him with shooters and guys. Surround him with shooters kind of and, and guys that can space the floor. And yeah, you're going to be defensively better because Embiid is a tick better defensively than Jokic is. So get rid of Ben Simmons. I still think you could probably get CJ McCollum for some kind of package involving Ben Simmons because the idea of Damian Lillard and Simmons playing together is at least, like, some kind of an idea because Ben Simmons can cover for Dame on defense. Yeah, it's like a 50-50, um, right? Like, Ben, ben yeah. Simmons is all defense, no offense. Damian Lillard yeah. is pretty much all offense. All no offense, defense. no defense. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And and they have to break up that backcourt because the Blazers aren't going anywhere and either. theoretically, so. the Blazers do need defense more than anything. So like exactly. And, and they're going to get rid of McCollum because they're not going to get rid of Lillard, and McCollum has to go somewhere. You're going to be competing with teams, notably the Bucks, for McCollum, but, okay, maybe you can, if, if you're giving up Ben Simmons, that's probably better than what the Bucks can give up. So you get, let's say, somebody like McCollum, you get a Tobias Harris for whatever, just something that can shoot, 
And then you try to do that. That's the answer. That is literally the answer. There is no other way you can do this unless and you blow the whole thing up. Doc Rivers, I just think yeah, and I like, think, let's maybe not have think, Doc Rivers listen, have a job in the NBA I don't again. think he's a bad coach. I think he's a bad playoff coach, obviously. We know that. I think he's very overrated. I mean, he's overrated, yes, but I still think he's an above-average coach during the regular season. Um, but I just think the juju around his whole career in the playoffs, just it just it just is not it's just not gonna end well. Unless KG, you know, comes out of retirement with, with Ray Allen and Paul Pierce, I just don't think it's uh, I don't think it's in the cards for, for Doc. Um, and then let's let's talk a little bit. Let's switch gears. Let's talk a little bit about the whole uh Bucks Nets series. Bucks Nets. Uh, because this was a fantastic series. Obviously, hey, a lot one of one. people talking junk on Giannis, and then he went nuclear this in the last went, game. This went seven games, and the last game yeah. was fantastic because Giannis played great. Um, KD hit the game tire, and, and KD played out of his mind as well. Of course, people are going to get hung up on like, oh, he airballed the last shot. Like he should make that if he's supposedly, you know, this insane offensive alien, right? That he is. I mean, the dude was gassed. He coming off an Achilles injury, right? This is the first season. And he's carrying that team because James Harden's playing on one leg and was shooting up bricks all game. Oh, yeah. James Harden, listen, I I know you're injured, but let's not act like, you know, they're making you run sprints up and down the court. I mean, it's just like you got to hit one or two, man. Come on. Yeah, it's like you shoot so many one-legged three-pointers during the season. Anyways, oh, come dang. on, buddy. <laughs> anyway, but that was, that was a great game, truly. And uh, the Nets, obviously were favored. I still think their season's a failure, but I don't think you can yes. be mad at the performance. Here's the thing. Their season's a failure because with a team like that, you're expected to win the playoffs. Obviously, you can't control injuries. They happen, and, you know, most of your team get did get injured. But the guys that, you know, besides KD, the guys that didn't get injured did not perform. I mean, Joe Harris stunk up that series, and, and his job is really just to shoot threes, and he missed, I think, two different threes that would have put the game away for the Nets. So, I, their season is a failure, but they will be back. I'm not worried about the Nets at all. But it, it is nice, kind of, the, the NBA. Well, and Giannis gets the redemption because people were yelling at yes, him the whole I, series. I think, honestly, it's kind of a perfect scenario because Giannis gets the redemption. He has a chance to win his, you know, first uh, you know, conference final and, and as well as um, championship, right, which is great for him. KD looks like a hero when he... Especially after the way he left OKC, went to Golden Store, Golden State, and was seen kind of as a cop out. I think a lot of people. And he is the best player in the I, league. I right think now. a lot of people walked back on that because he basically carried that team, uh, yeah. and even though they lost. It makes his you know image question a by the bit way better. I think, and then I think also the NBA has to like their the way it's shaping up for next year because the Nets are going to be theoretically back to 100% back and like yeah. revenge scorched earth and, tour and that's going to be great for yeah. their ratings <laughs> yeah um question yes you stick with the three superstars or you trade one for depth mm, and by trade Kyrie. one I mean trade Kyrie yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I mean, trade Kyrie for depth I don't they had they're... six men play minutes in the yeah. last game I, I I I get that I see where you're coming from I don't think there's necessarily a right or a wrong way like if they keep them it's fine because you got three guys yeah that's a lot of workload but guess what it's three it's three superstars you know three of the top 10 players in the league versus yeah you could trade one of them for like two other guys but i it's the same difference honestly in my opinion yeah it's just a thought because like hey putting all your eggs in that basket super teams right yeah 
I guess. I guess. I mean, it'd probably be safer to do the to do the trade one for two, but at the same time, I also think like if you're just going purely based off of like hype storyline, you know, selling tickets, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, you keep the you know you keep the super team the way it is and and just run it back because here's the thing they do also have a couple like young guys that you know we saw it with the warriors right you know they just kind of shuffled in young guys at the end of the bench every year and they're not really paying them anything but it works anyway um bucks guys versus six who can play uh bucks atlanta um, what do you think of this series? Well, everybody's been underestimating Atlanta, right? And I will give Trey Young a lot of credit because I have criticized him in the past. And I, th- I think that that he's obviously an elite player. And in that system, I mean, he makes everybody better around him. I think that they make it interesting because he goes ballistic in a couple games. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, he goes ballistic in a couple games. And then I think that, I think that the, the Bucks match up really well against the Hawks. And yeah. I don't think that the Hawks match up really yes, well against I the Bucks. I was going to say the same thing. Drew Holiday is going to be such a key player. Because here's here. the thing, Drew Holiday, I mean, Drew Holiday played great defense on KD, right? And we know Drew Holiday can guard like three positions. And he's... Yeah, and Middleton the, too. He's the best defender that he, that Trey Young will see this series. Because, because I don't think yes. Ben Simmons guarded Trey Young, obviously. Um, that that would have been a mismatch. So I I just think Trey Young will have to work that much harder for to not get exposed. Yeah, for, well, but just for some of those, you know, the, especially the floaters. But just like I think he'll have to work a little bit harder for shots. And it's like, listen, if guys around him show up like Herder did in in Game Seven, then you know the Hawks will be in it. Yeah. But do they do that against the Bucks defense? Right, like against a bigger team, because because the Bucks are insanely insanely large compared to the hawks i mean besides clint capella maybe gallo they don't really have a lot of size so i I just think that the combination of middleton who's like six nine and and Giannis, obviously who's six eleven and then brooke lopez i just think that the size in general would just be a little bit too much for the for the for the hawks like I, i just don't like who's stopping Giannis on that team I, I, I don't know. I just don't... I don't see it happening. Anyway. Uh, I think that is all for today's episode. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Anything else you wanted to add? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's 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 more of a matter of... The Bucks have to... Because they've been an inconsistent shooting team. Not just Giannis. I mean, in general. It's just a matter of try not to get yourself in too deep of a hole, and I think you'll catch him at the end. Especially because if you can get some of the guys in foul trouble, especially Trey, right? So you get him to the point that he has to sit, or he just can't play any defense at all because he's worried about collecting fouls. Mm-hmm. I'm, I put it this way, I'm more confident in the Bucks beating the Hawks than I was in the Bucks beating the Nets. If that makes sense. Oh yeah, well yeah, yeah, because because the Nets. Matchup really well because it's well, KD on Giannis. Yeah, exactly. Like that's such you an have, even matchup. You have some size on the Nets that you can 
throw at the Bucks, right? Whereas the Hawks, again, besides besides Capella and like Maley Gallinari, maybe Gallinari, what size do the Bucks do the Hawks? Yeah, like John really Collins, have? but he's not defending anybody. But John Collins is like an undersized defender, right? Compared yeah, he's to like compared six, to eight, Brooke six, Lopez six, and, and Giannis and even Middleton, like he's he's not bigger than them. So that's why I feel like at the end of the day, the size of the Bucks will really just kind of be be too much for the Hawks. And here's the thing. The Hawks have gone way farther in the series than I think everybody, even Hawks fans, if they're being honest, oh, yeah. admitted. Oh, for sure. And, and honestly, I'm going to say this, that Indiana Pacers got to be kicking themselves because they fired Nate McMillan when they had a winning record because they just yeah. like, lost in the playoffs one time. And I w- was skeptical of it. And I think a lot of Pacers fans were like, well, obviously we lost in the playoffs, which stinks, but that seems stupid to fire a guy that like has had consecutive winning seasons um, with you know decent talent, but not like elite, you know, elite. show-stopping yeah. talent. And uh, yeah. and clearly he's a great coach. And the Pacers just fired another coach after one season, missing the playoffs, and had you know a pitiful record for their standards. Yeah. So the Pacers front office. Big sad. Well, and I th- you could argue that the Pacers' talent was better than the Hawks. Eh, you could. I don't know if I'd say that, though. I mean, you have one all-star on each side. You got Sabo and you got uh, I Trey. Think, I think the Hawks I mean, are deeper than the Pacers' talent. Yeah. I, but it's not like it's not. there's like a huge I mean, mismatch there. It's not like there. a massive dis- yeah. you know, distance between them, but I, I would say the Hawks. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think the, the, the Hawks are definitely the, Hawks the most overachieving team in the league. Versus yeah. Versus the Pacers have Malcolm Brogdon, who's still an above-average point guard. But he's not. But he's, he's not, not Trey Young. No, he's not Trey Young. Anyway. I think that the Hawks are the most overachieving team in the league. As okay. much as the Knicks overachieved, I mean, making it to the conference finals as the five seed is just ridiculous. Yeah. I didn't even have them as the five seed at the beginning of the season. To be honest <laughs> with you, Adam is like the seven. Anyway, that'll be a great series. I don't think it'll be a sweep. I think it'll go. No, I think Trey. Series. I think Trey goes ballistic one or two games and, and steals a couple. I. I think the Suns I'm, I'm take care Suns, of business pretty I'm quick. Suns Bucks in in the finals. I've got Suns and five, I've got, and I've got Bucks and six. Yeah, I've got Suns and five and Bucks and six. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I'm not going to be too too wild here. I think you're you hit that one spot on. All right, all right. That's the show. I think that's it. See you. <laughs>